This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome into a brand new episode of Rip and Rock. It's been a while. We're sorry if you feel like we're depriving you of episodes. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sometimes our voices might sound like nails on a chalkboard. Yours certainly does, Mr. Wow. Ryan Ripken. Well, hey, good to see just, you too, Rock. J- just to me, but our viewers, listeners, whoever's tuning into this podcast might actually love you. So we, we you wanted to start off another episode Dude, of that's where you wanted to go Always got to start off with a bang. <sighs> well, you know what? They're... Starting off with a bang. Uh, the reason why we're getting into this episode now is because it's the off season. We're going to get our schedule down of doing more episodes. This pod's not going away, everyone, folks. It's it's going to be around here. Different timing just because of the off season, but does not mean we're not going to have the content for you. And it was a big week this week, Rock. Specifically, the Orioles finally make a move. It was, yeah. Before we get into that, what you just brought up, we we did have a conversation with our higher ups at Sinclair. And they they love it, love the podcast, they love the content we're putting out, and they want us to do basically like what one to two podcasts a month, one to two episodes, maybe more, maybe yeah, more. I, I think I they think, love it. I think what we'll, I love that they love it. I love that they love it, and I love that we love it. I mean, the reason why we do this is because we enjoy, even though it might seem that Rocco and I don't like each other ninety eight percent of the time, we do enjoy doing this podcast. It's a steep number, but you know, we'll go go with that. I was gonna probably say like ninety nine point seven. Oh wow, okay, yeah. well. Never mind, scratch that. But the point was, <laughs> we're going to get on a more routine schedule yes. with this. We're going to evolve this podcast more as we go into the season. That's a big word for you. It's, uh, that's like Gilman education, right? Yeah. 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 You know, you can't yeah. teach it, I guess. No. But yeah. anyway, we got a lot to talk about, though. So we'll, we'll stay tuned on that information. Yeah. But Rock, what are we diving into for this episode? Oh, we're, we're going to dive right into the Orioles making one of the biggest, if not the biggest, splashes of the winter meetings, signing. Craig Kimbrell agreeing to terms with him on a one-year deal, $13 million. They get their closer. That's what they wanted, addressing one of their biggest off-season needs. But they're not done. They don't want to be done. And Mike Elias kind of touched on that on, what's today? Thursday? Thursday. My week is so... Dude, once the holidays come around, I don't know if, if you're the same way, but my weeks and days, they're just so thrown off. It feels they're like a Monday for me for some reason. Yeah. But like a good Monday. But yeah, Mike Elias talked on Wednesday after the agreed upon deal with Craig Kimbrell. And he said, the O's now, they can focus on another need and that's starting pitching. So there is a starting pitcher or starting pitchers that have been linked to the O's. One of them being Dylan Cease. We're going to talk about that, dive into that and kind of bring up the prospects, the top three that we feel are untouchable as far as the O's getting rid of, 
trading, the guys that you you shouldn't see on the trade block going forward. And last but not least, the AL East just got that much better. They call it the AL Beast for a reason. They may not. I do. I You might. Mm-hmm. But Juan Soto to the Yankees in a blockbuster trade last night. And the Yankees, they're another team that said they're probably not done either. So teams are building. The AL East is getting better day by day, week by week. It's going to be another great season of baseball. I'm fired up for it. Fired up to see you again, man. Pumped up to have you here. Let's get into this episode. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, that's the you just brought up. Can't wait for the baseball season. The crazy thing right now, Rock, we're, gosh, we're under three months or roughly three months, I should say, from pitchers and catchers reporting in February. I mean, it's December. Soon it's enough, crazy. it's going to be 2024. And then whammy, <laughs> we're back at it down there. And it's going to be an exciting time. But right now, what's exciting is what is that roster going to look like? And that's, let's start with the Orioles again. Craig Kimbrell is coming to Baltimore to rock. You know, I was, we've talked about this before this episode. I thought more people would be excited about Craig Kimbrell. But to be honest, it's, I've, we've seen back and forth about how yeah. Orioles fans feel about the, them acquiring. Uh, a future Hall of Famer in my mind and one of the best closers of all time. Absolutely a future Hall of Famer. One of the best closers of our generation, for sure. Obviously, you think about the Mariano Rivera's, the Trevor Hoffman's, those guys, but Craig Kimbrell is a very talented, very good closer. He's got the numbers. He should be a Hall of Famer one day. Uh, I, I truly believe so. Feel how you want about the guy. Here's the thing with Craig Kimbrell. You bring him in on a one-year deal, $13 million, and I don't believe the Orioles overspent for him. No. Just like last year when they bring in Kyle Gibson on what, a one year, $10 million contract? Mm. Or the year before when they bring in Jordan Lyles on a one year, I believe it was an $8 million contract. Mm. So the Orioles, it's kind of stepping stones, it seems like. And we talked about this on the episode before about we'd like to see them kind of take that money. I guess it's like the allotted money they have to bring in a pitcher, whether it's a starter or a closer, and spend on them. The Orioles are not going to spend for a guy like Josh Hader. I'm sorry. The market for him. It's going to be absurd compared to what Baltimore is willing to spend. We know that. So they went out and they got a guy on the, I'd say it's on the cheap, whether you want to say it's on the cheap or not. $13 million deal, one year. And the best part about this deal, Rip, you have the club option for 2025. And that I love in this deal because if Craig Kimbrell stinks it up, Birdland, I know you hope he doesn't. I hope that he comes in here and he succeeds. He's a Huntsville native. I was in Huntsville for a few years. You know, that place is near and dear to my heart. You want to see the Huntsville native succeed. But for Craig Kimbrell, if he stinks it up, you don't have to bring him back next season. If he's great, you have that option. And on top of that, Felix Batista, he's going to be ready for 2025. At least that's a hope, barring any setbacks. Maybe Kimbrell could be his setup guy. Yeah, I mean, it just it gives you more options. And if you look at the market for the pricing of it and whatever's going on, you brought up Hater. Yeah, Hater is going to want a multi-year deal. And he's going to want more money, to be honest, and and rightfully so. He's a one of the top closers in the game, and he's going to demand more from another team. The Orioles had a value, and they thought, what is a great value? Craig Kimbrell fit that. And I think what people, I guess, get caught up in, they, they're stuck on Craig Kimbrell's last two games in the postseason, or sorry, two of his last three outings, because he did pitch after those two outings where they lost against the Diamondbacks. And that's what people get stuck on. Oh, is he running out of gas? Let me just give you some context on Craig Kimbrell here. Craig Kimbrell was in the top 10 last year, Rock, in strikeout percentage. That means the amount of batters he faced to how many times he would strike them out. He's top 10. 
Then, in, as far as strikeouts per nine innings, he was in the top 14. Let's go a little bit further here, okay? <laughs> Greg Kimbrell had 23 saves and 28 opportunities, so he blew five saves, okay? Yanir Cano, in 14 attempts last year, blew six saves. Felix Batista blew six saves. Now, granted, Batista was being used a lot more, but so my point is, Craig Kimbrell, as far as numbers-wise, percentage, he had a save percentage rate of 82%. If you look at some of the highest guys, and Emmanuel Clase on the Guardians is considered one of the best closers in the game, he had a year where he actually blew the most saves in Major League Baseball. So why I'm saying, why I'm bringing all this up is because the Orioles are getting a closer that is seasoned, that has been there before. Granted, he didn't finish the season maybe the way that he wanted. But the Orioles are adding a guy to their bullpen. And I know people are saying, well, can he show up in the big moments? You got to get to the big moments first. And you need someone to help you get there. Craig Kimbrell has all the ability in the world to help this young bullpen and be a big part of the reason. Iraq, I, I, I truly believe he's in line for a great year in Baltimore. Here's a few more numbers. I was watching MLB Network like any baseball fan when the Orioles agreed to terms with Craig Kimbrell. And they brought up that as far as pure stuff, according to fan graphs, he is the number one NL closer last season in terms of pure stuff, the stuff he is throwing, the stuff in his arsenal, what he's bringing to the table. It is nasty. Only seven home runs of his 11. No, he did give give up 11 home runs last season. Only seven though, I know that's, you know, four less, would have been home runs at Camden Yards though. So that's another thing to factor in. Craig Kimbrell. Like I said, like you said, the Orioles are not going to spend for Josh Hader. We know that. If you thought that they were, or if you had hope that they were, I don't want to call you delusional, but but I kind of do. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come at people on this podcast and say like, oh, like you're crazy if you think the Orioles are going to spend the money. But if you followed this team for as long as you have followed this team, you would know that is not the type of ball club or franchise the Orioles are right now. And what they're in right now, they're going to continue to not build, but add on through their farm system. And that's another topic we want to get into after we talk about Craig Kimbrell, what pieces they could trade and what pieces are untouchable, Rip. Yeah. Because Kimbrell, he does add a great offseason need. He's historically one of the best closers of our time. And I think this is a perfect fit for the Orioles. And like I said, love the option, the 2025 club option. That That really is something that that I think is going to pay dividends going forward. Yeah, I mean, and here's the other part of it. You know, you're looking at it. Did the Orioles get better? Absolutely. The answer is yes. Absolutely. And, and so I think that people look at this, and you have this perception of you want this lights-out closer. People are going to blow saves. People are going to not be perfect, okay? Felix Batista was one of the best closers in the game, arguably the best closer, and he still blew opportunities last year. Mm-hmm. He came up big in a lot of moments, but he, he blew his, some opportunities and saves. Because that's just how baseball is. It happens. With Craig Kimbrell, here's another little stat here, a little piece of information. In the first month, Rock, Craig Kimbrell had three outings, two of which were blowouts, where he was just trying to get work. And he gave gave it up. He gave up nine runs in those three outings to combine for an inning and a third. Rock, he threw 69 innings last year. So if we do the math here, if I carry the one, that was... uh, over that one inning and a third, that skyrocketed his ERA. The other 67 and two-thirds innings, his combined ERA was 2-1-4. 
And I heard people saying, well, was he running out of gas down the stretch? He did have a rough month of August. Well, guess what? He had a month of September with an ERA below 1.5 and that he had two other months just like that. And I would worry if Craig Kimberly, you mentioned pure stuff. I would worry if he wasn't going out there and, and showing what he's capable of. He punched out 94 guys in 69 innings. That's wipeout stuff. And dude, he threw a lot of pitches. He threw 1,122 pitches, and that's the third most he's thrown in his career in a single season. You talk about the number of innings pitched, 69, that's right up there as well. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the amount of games he appeared in, his career high for games appeared in, that was in 2011, his second season in the show. He appeared in 79 games. Last season with the Phillies, he appeared in 71 games. So this is a guy, hopefully the Orioles get the most bang for their buck out of Craig Kimbrell. He is 35. He's on, I don't want to say he's on a decline in his career, but he's, he's not as good statistically as he was when he was a two-time reliever of the year. You're not going to get that Craig Kimbrell. You're not going to get the Craig Kimbrell that was a uh, four-time saves leader in the NL. It's just not going to happen. But the hope is that you could get a Craig Kimbrell that is even half of that. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you don't need him to be that. And, and, that, and the Orioles don't need him to be that because you do have other pieces and people are going, well, I want to give some other guys chances. Those other guys are going to get chances. But you saw Yanir Cano had a great year, but you don't want to have him shoulder that weight of it. And now Yanir Cano can go back to being that setup guy that can close some games. And then the other yep. part that people are forgetting and this maybe is a transition into with Dylan Cease and the starters, <laughs> the Orioles have players in their system right now that they're trying to figure out who's going to be in the rotation, who's going to be a bullpen guy. We're specifically talking about guys like Tyler Wells and D.L. Hall. So when you factor that in, guys that can possibly be in in later parts of the game and the back end, you have pieces in your system. But what you're doing with Craig Kimbrell, you're bringing a guy with experience that can help shoulder the most of the of the uh, the work at the end of games. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe Mike Elias has done a great job of finding value. And this right here, as long as Kimbrell stays healthy, I think will be a tremendous value for the team. I think this is going to be big for the clubhouse too, just like Kyle Gibson was last season for the O's. And you talk D.L. Hall and Tyler Wells, I'm telling you what, man, those two guys, they are poised for huge seasons this year. Uh, I'll tell you that. I really think this is the year that D.L. Hall is just going to take off because you you saw flashes of how good he was. Same with Wells. You saw flashes of how good he was coming out of the pen. I think these guys are going to be special. They're going to be a solid one-two punch, middle relief. They're not going to have to close out games, but the tail end, that back end of the bullpen, it did get that much better with Craig Kimbrell and for these guys as well. Let's move on. Let's talk starting pitching because that is another need for the O's. That's something else they clearly want to address. What you want to do is you want to bring in a veteran lefty, veteran righty, someone who could help these guys out in the starting rotation. Dylan Cease is a name that has been linked to the O's. Oh, yeah. Dylan Cease is a guy that has been in rumors, and Dylan Cease is a guy that I don't know if it's a consensus with Birdland, but it seems like a lot of people just seeing on Twitter, social media, and kind of seeing the reaction they would want here in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, why is that, Rip? Well, I mean, I think if you look back, this wasn't the this, let's just rewind for a quick second here. This past year for the White Sox was a disappointment all across the board, no doubt about it. The White Sox were supposed to compete to win 
their division, the AL Central. They were supposed to go to the playoffs and try to be a contender, right? And it didn't happen. And then on top of that, Dylan Cease was supposed to kind of repeat his uh, Cy Young type of performance where he was dominant the year before, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Dylan Cease didn't have the year he, he was hoping for. The White Sox were terrible. Sometimes it's a combination. What's happening right now is the Orioles and a lot of teams around baseball are buying a Dylan Cease bounce back. I am too. He's right in the prime of his career. He has an opportunity to continue to get back to what he did the prior year. The other part of it is to rock his team control. We just see, we just saw these other deals. Eduardo Rodriguez just signed a four-year, I think it was $80 million deal or something with the D-backs, around $20 million a year or something like that. The Orioles that they get Dylan Cease, it's two years of control. So that means you don't have to worry about extending or paying a guy right at this moment. And so when you look at that and you combine that with what you already have and, and you have a Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish, and Dean Kramer. And no, oh, by the way, you got John Means, who you hope is going to be healthy, knocking on wood. You're looking at this and going, man, this could be one of the best rotations in baseball. And that's what it really is, Rock. It's the team control, but more so the Orioles are, and a lot of other contending teams are buying the fact that Dylan Cease, this last year was a fluke. They think that Dylan Cease in Baltimore, hopefully, is going to be a guy that's going to return to that ace form. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that's the hope, Rip. That's the hope if you go out and get a guy like Dylan Cease. Yeah, his numbers, if you look at them on paper, 7-9, and 4.58 ERA, it's not great. It's not someone that on paper, if you're looking and you're kind of the casual fan not watching Dylan Cease pitch, you might say, why do we want this guy? He's, he's not that great. The fact of the matter is Dil- Dylan Cease is a really solid pitcher that could help the Orioles out if you bring him here. And what the Orioles have been able to do with their starters over the years, you think they can't bring Dylan Cease back to his, he didn't win the Cy Young, but he was in contention for it, to that form? I, I, think, you're, I think you're sadly mistaken if you don't think that. Bringing in a guy like Dylan Cease, like we just said with Craig Kimbrell, would make the Orioles a better ball club bringing in some of these free agents 
veteran righties, veteran lefties, like I said, these pitchers, or going out and trading for one, someone that is, that was a chair, by the way, that noise. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to get caught up in one of those. It's a little squeak, but that, that was a chair. I'm sure I promise it was. you that. You're a good kid. You, you just, you just literally saw me get up kind of from the chair and I, if I can make the sound again, I would. It's okay. It's, it's natural. I can't. Man. Everyone's, I can't. everyone does it. Listen, I claim it if I do it. Okay. I just want that on the record. You're, you know what? You're a good kid, man. I'm not a scumbag. Well, no, you're not. But if we were out in public, you would be getting blamed for that. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. Th- there you go. Scumbag mentality. Okay. Exactly. What were you saying? There, it did it again. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Who are some other starting pitchers on the market or maybe guys that teams are willing to sell that you would love to see the O's go after? Well, I aside mean, from Dylan, Cease. I think this is the conversation, right? And everyone's talked about guys like Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber, and maybe even there's a name being thrown out with the Pirates and Mitch Keller. Do, does the Pirates want to give up a player like that that's on the rise? I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly. I think it's depending on this kind of goes into our prospects of who do the Orioles want to give up? Because when mm-hmm. I look at this, if you're the Orioles, you're going, each player is going to re- that you want to trade for is going to require a certain package. What package do you want to get and at what stage of their career? And so for Dylan Cease, what we're finding out, and if we heard at the last deadline, uh, trade deadline of last season, the White Sox wanted a lot to move him at that moment. The rumor was they wanted Jackson Holiday, the number one overall prospect. And as we know, he ain't going anywhere. He's The only place he's going is is the Baltimore to Camden Yards. So that that's for me. The, the I wouldn't say there's really any wish list for me. What I look at it is, is what do the Orioles truly, truly want to give up? And that's where I'm sitting here going, well, I've actually, for a fun little exercise, who are your players that you think that the Orioles would not give up no matter what? We're going three. This exercise is called the Untouchables. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go on the Orioles' top 30 prospect list, and I'm going to give you three players that I do not think that I would protect at all costs, that I do not want the Orioles to get rid of, and I'll give you the reasonings. Jackson Holiday is the obvious one. He yep. should not even be, I shouldn't even be bringing up his name on this podcast because it's crazy to even throw him in a trade or bring him up in a trade. And if a team puts Jackson Holiday on the table or asks for Jackson Holiday, I would hang up the phone so fast and just block the number. It, it would just be, that's absurd. Jackson Holiday's my one. The number one, I mean, prospect in the Orioles organization, the number one prospect in baseball, what he has been able to do at now 20 years old, he had a birthday, December 4th. Yep. Happy birthday, Jackson Holiday. Also, happy birthday to Linda DeSangro. Yeah. yeah. Happy, big happy birthday. Jay Z, Morgan Adsit, Roger Washington, a bunch of December 4th babies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Morgan and Linda have. Morgan and Linda have the same birthday. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness! Wild stuff. Today. Wild stuff. And, yeah. And Broderick Washington. And Broderick Washington. Yeah. So a lot Amazing. of December fourth days. And and Jackson Holiday. And Jackson Holiday. He's out of his teenage years. He's twenty. He's still not legally able to consume alcohol yet, but he is twenty years old. Nuts. And he will be able to next year when the Orioles win the World Series, right? No, not yet. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. We'll find out. No. He'll he'll still be a few months away if that does happen. If they make a run in. October, November, and uh, bring a title back here to Baltimore. But he's 20 years old, what I'm getting at. Sorry to get off topic. His rise 
through the minor league ranks was just absolutely meteoric. Like to play for what was it? Three. I. It's it's so easy to forget how many teams he played for because he rose so quickly up. He, played, he went. He went. Aberdeen, Bowie, Delmarva. Oh, okay, yeah. Del so did Marva, he? Did he, he go went four? All four? He went four. He did four last year. So to be able to do that, to be able to be the Orioles drafted this guy number one overall, and they clearly knew what they were doing because this dude is going to be a stud, and he's got all the tools to be one. The right mindset. He comes from the baseball family. His dad's a former All Star. Seeing him, his dad and his brother do the home run derby with the metal bat. That was that was super cool. That awesome. if, if you haven't seen that YouTube video, check it out. But Jackson Holiday for me is the first guy off the table. The second player off the table for me would be Heston Kerstad. Why? Twenty four years old, the second overall pick, and he got baseball taken away from him in twenty twenty one because because he had that. Out with myocarditis. He mm-hmm. wasn't able to play baseball. So he had that taken away from him. To see Heston Kerstad come back, to hit the way he has, to see the unlimited power that he has. Like, is this guy going to be the next person or the first person in a regular season game to hit the warehouse in the air? I know Griffey did it in the home run derby, but it's never been done. I think Heston Kerstad can make history. That is how powerful his swings are. That is how far he hits the ball. For Heston Kerstad, I think he's off the table as well. I think he could be an asset for the Orioles in the outfield, wherever they want to put him with his power at the plate. This dude's a stud. And we talked about Heston Kerstad all season long. That was our guy that gets called up. Mm -hmm. It happened. Heston Kerstad off the table for me as well. The third prospect that would be off the table for me, it is the number five prospect in the Orioles organization at this current point in time. And that's Samuel Basayo. Why? 19 years old. He's a catcher. He can play first base, but he has that C next to his name for catcher. You might be thinking I'm crazy. Like, why wouldn't you get rid of that guy? We have Adley Rutschman in the organization. The Orioles will find somewhere to put this dude. First of all, he's 19 years old. He is 19 years old, man. He's the fifth ranked prospect in the Orioles organization. And last season in Bowie, Basayo, he hit 467. He played four games, mind you, 15 at-bats, but 467 before that. Let me go back to Aberdeen when he played 27 games in Aberdeen there. He had 333, Rip. His on-base percentage was 443. His slugging percentage was 688. This dude is a bona fide stud as well. Mm-hmm. 19 years old. You do not get rid of someone like that in your organization when he is that young and that good, and you know you could have him for the next... I don't know, five to 10 years, his ceiling is so high, he's off the table for me as well. I'm with you. I I really like those three because I'm glad you mentioned Basayo. He had 20 jacks on the season. Yeah. The dude just can flat out swing it. And you got to look at age, even though as as tremendous as Adley is, there's a huge gap there. I mean, Basayo's 19 years old. Adley's, what, 26? And, And so to me, it doesn't matter with that. But what you, what does matter is, how talented he is and how young he is and another player in this pipeline that can really impact this team. Jackson Holiday, we're, we're not going to waste our breath. It's self-explanatory. You already gave some stats. He's unbelievable. He's a stud. Kerstad, I, I I think if people were to switch one it, or and add one or take one away, it'd probably be between Heston and Kobe Mayo. 
I was that was an honorable and, mention and, for me, and man. And so because Kobe Mayo's another young stud that all he does is hit balls 900 <laughs> feet. He and but he's he is uh, really good uh in so many ways, not only as a power hitter, but he has a great awareness of the strike zone. The guy finds a way to get on base. I mean, this is what you want from a young player, the maturity. And Kobe Mayo is 21 years old, and his hit tool is as high as anybody in the organization. And the reason why I want to bring this up, his OBP last year was 410. He hit 290 across two levels in AA and AAA. And, and this is what I'm talking about here when I'm saying about his awareness and eye around the place. He walked 93 times. And for a young player, that's one of the hardest things to do is to have that type of ability and awareness around the strike zone. Kobe has that and the ceiling. So uh, quite frankly, I know it's our list of three. I do think he's, I think the Orioles will do everything in their power to not let him go or Heston. But I think the top two, Basayo and uh, Jackson. We can agree on, we agree on those. There's no chance, but, but I, I know that they're enamored with Kobe. Heston, Heston to me, I just, we're bullish on him. You know, I just watching him, his ability, you know, like it's just, you watch someone, you go, he's got it. He just looks like a ball player. That, that, that dude can just hit. He's a ball player, man. And then that's the feeling right there I have. And and we didn't mention a guy like Colton Cowser, tremendous player and the Orioles love him, but I don't think that he's untouchable for the team. I would agree. Especially in this conversation. Hate it or love it. I I would agree with that. And that's not a knock on Colton Cowser's talent. I think he could really help a team out. I think he could help the Orioles out once he gets back up there. Yeah, he can be an all-star type player, but the but the reality is, and this is what we talked about, Rock, is the Orioles, and this is why it's so hard for them, is they like so many of their guys, and you've spent so much time investing in these guys' development, and now you're at this point of you're ready to take the next step, but you don't want to give up on what, for you, prospects, let's just be honest, they're they're like lottery tickets. And the Orioles have a lot of lottery tickets. And in this case, they believe that they're going to have multiple winners in this lottery. They're just maybe not sure who that is going to be exactly. And that's a part where do you really want to sacrifice that? The Orioles are trying to figure that out. No, absolutely, Rip. While we're on the topic of trades and what ifs for the Orioles, switch gears and take a look around the AL East. So I don't. I didn't think I would see, like in recent years, mm-hmm. the Yankees and Red Sox make a trade with each other. Doesn't happen often. That was kind of weird. Doesn't happen often. I guess it makes that fan base. I feel like it makes everybody feel some type of way. It's like it that's weird. That's just weird. Yeah. It's like eh, yeah, eh. But business. Imagine is business. like imagine the Ravens and Steelers just making a trade. And they did do that once. Uh, but still, it makes you sit there and go, yeah, no like way. Ex- that's what I'm saying. Like like for notable guys especially and just i don't know it just like it puts a bad taste in my mouth yeah but so the yankees they get verdugo Mm -hmm. and then the the yankees that's not even the biggest trade they made oh no the yankees went out and got 25 year old superstar juan soto from the padres in a blockbuster trade that just it didn't really shock all of baseball but it sent shock waves throughout Major League Baseball, because this could be a game-changing move for the Yankees. And on top of that, they pair Soto up with Aaron Judge. 
That's number one. Number two, Brian Cashman says that, you know, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Like that's like, you know, a chant. So oh, yeah. he he's he's chanting that right now. We're not done yet. Out of all the teams in the AL East right now, would you say the Yankees are in the best position heading into the 2024 season? Would it be the Orioles? Would it be someone else? And I want to kind of add that with this trade for the Orioles, for this fan base, which team scares you the most at this point in time? Well, I'd love to know where Otani goes. Oh, because yeah. that could really tip the scale because the Blue Jays were one of the teams rumored to be being in on Otani. And t- he's not going to pitch next year, but the dude is one of the top five best hitters in all of baseball. So but there's that. I thought if you leaked it, though, he wasn't going to go. So team, I've seen teams like leaking know, it and whatnot. Like, what's Dave the deal? Roberts on the Dodgers yeah, during just, the meeting just goes, yeah, we thought the meeting went yeah, well. Yeah, the meeting went well and with Otani. Like, we're good. We're like, what? It's funny seeing people on Twitter go like, they're out. They're out. They're out. <laughs> it's like when they talk about it. But. But Continue. Then, I'm but sorry. So, but yeah. so I funny. would say right now, if people thought that the Yankees were just going to fall off the face of the earth, they had a very disappointing season. And for their fan base, for their organization, an unacceptable season in their eyes because they have who they believe in Aaron Judge as being, I mean, it's not that he, it's not even arguable. He is one of the best players in baseball. When he is healthy, easily, the Yankees are a different team. And when he got hurt last year, they went down and offensively they were they were terrible. For their expectations they were terrible. But you had Aaron Judge with Juan Soto and people forget Juan, yeah, he had some struggles there. He's 25 years old. That's how long he's been in the big leagues. He's been in the big leagues for 6-7 years now. And you put him in a place that is extremely friendly for left-handed hitters. Probably arguably the friendliest place. Well, that porch is going to be you know, filled with Juan Soto home run balls. A lot of memorabilia being sent out there, those those balls. And then Verdugo, Verdugo is going to help that team as well because he's another type of guy. You okay? Got something in your throat over sorry. there? Sorry, yeah, just had the sniffles. Yeah, I'm okay. sure you did. My fault, I'm sorry. Ah, uh, you're a good kid. But Verdugo, Verdugo, even average-wise, solid hitter. And I think his numbers, he hit between 11 to 13 home runs the last few years. It's only going to benefit him going to play in New York. So when you're looking at this team, it looks like their offense got a big boost. Now you're wondering, what about their pitching? They do have Garrett Cole. They gave up a lot of young prospects or arms that could help them. And now you're sitting there, where is it going to come from? But Brian Cashman, he's going to be aggressive. And I do think right now, the New York Yankees are probably going to be poised to challenge the Orioles the most. Because that star power is there, and they do have a bona fide ace. So that would be my answer. Um, I think the Yankees are, are are coming back with a vengeance. I still love the Orioles' chances. I, I think the Orioles have the their young nucleus, as we talked about, Rock. If, if they build off of last year, and I'm not expecting them to win more games, the O's, but if they build off of last year where Grayson Rodriguez pitches like he did down the stretch, Kyle Bradish has another... Cy Young type year, and then we see another move. Maybe it is a cease, maybe it's another starting pitcher. I still think the Orioles will be the favorite. But I do think the New York Yankees, you can't diminish. They have Soto and Judge, known all stars. The Orioles have guys, okay, you did it once, spectacular. 
what's your on-court performance? And that's something that the team's going to have to prove. I think with the Orioles, you're going to see a lot of these guys in years two or three continue to progress or get better. This is a good, young, talented ball club, and they're just going to continue to be on the rise. That's a hope, at least. Yep. And I truly think that's going to be the case. In that trade for Juan Soto, the Yankees got Soto, an outfielder Trent Grisham, the Padres got right-handed pitchers Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Kyle Higashioka. Make sure I'm pronouncing that right. He yeah. probably didn't, but I, he's been around for the organization for a while. They needed a catcher. Yep. And, and he that's just a part of the deal. And also, the, the Yankees did get Trent Grisham from the deal as well uh, with, with the Padres. And that's another guy that has proven to be a solid Yet streaky hitter in in uh in the bigs, but another solid player that they're adding to their their team. So it'll be fun to watch. I mean, man, this is what the hot stove. This is what we were waiting for, Rock. We were waiting for these moves to continue to happen. Now I'm just curious where Otani goes because the Blue Jays have been trying to be. They have been working on being aggressive, and if Otani goes somewhere else, I think we're going to see Toronto get aggressive again. Um, this this AL East, the only team for me that is not scaring anybody at the moment is the Boston Red Sox. Just feels like they're in that no man's land. Tampa's proven they can sell guys and continue to compete. Boston, no one on Boston's team are you thinking is going to go out there or this this roster is going to be the one that's going to challenge you. It's going to probably be Yankees, Rays, and the Blue Jays. All right, man. You got anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, uh, it might be it. 30, 30 little 35 minute episode we said like maybe like 20 to 30 hit 35 i think that was some some good detailed stuff yeah i think it was great and hopefully we got a lot more to talk about we're gonna what we do as well i mean i think i think um uh leading to our conversation we'll, we'll talk o's a little bit on sports unlimited mm-hmm. on sunday nights yep. at least once a month maybe twice depending on a maybe special twice. yeah man if there's some more moves like this we might have to bring you on more than once a month yeah i mean hopefully there's some exciting moves so you guys for for everyone thank you for for tuning in with us we have so much more planned for this season and i know you might think well what is that well stay tuned honestly we're going to hit the ground running here in baseball season is right around the corner uh and uh yeah it, it's a good time in birdland don't yeah man yeah don't uh don't stress too much the birds are fine the birds are fine i'm pumped about this upcoming season you're pumped about this upcoming season our bosses seem fired up about this upcoming season it's there's a buzz right now so it's a great time to be an orioles yes. fan and i know it's the expectation yep. has risen for this team but the last thing i'll say here yeah, we can expect greatness, but don't stress about this. This this journey's supposed to be fun. And this team is fun. These moves are fun, but this isn't hoping that the team's good for this year. Is that We're like hoping. was that like a condensed version of uh Rips Tips? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Rips tips. I like it. Enjoy enjoy this journey. Don't <laughs> stress too much. And I'm just babbling, but hey, you can find this podcast where Rocco. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon. The list goes on. Wherever you guys get your podcasts, continue to download, subscribe, leave the episode or just overall the show a review. Let us know how we're doing. You can interact with us on on Twitter, Instagram, 
wherever. Hit us up. We love interacting with you guys. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun doing it, and it gives us topics to talk about on the show each and every week. So you can find Ryan on Twitter or Instagram at Ryan Ripkin. You can find me on Twitter at Rocco DeSangro and on Instagram at Desangro. Yeah, I'm indifferent. You're giving, yeah, you me, are. You're giving me the, the weird look right now just because I... I'm sorry. I have Ardisangro. That's what I had. It's not the same thing on each one. Yes, you're, you got less upset over that, over apparently the chair creaking while we're doing this episode. But hey, that does it for us, everyone. <laughs> Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time for a new episode of Rip and Rock.